I got up this morning, I wanted to listen to Trump and what all he had to say, and then I got on the internet, and I want to share something with you. There's a lady there, and um, I don't know how to get the, I don't know, I don't know how to share with y'all. I don't know how to take, you know, it's, it's enough that I find Facebook, so anyway. <laughs> She's an Iranian-American, and she got on and said, people are texting me and asking me, and, and I need to let y'all know something. Iranians love America. She said they have no freedom. They have no freedom of speech. She said they get over there, and if they open their mouth and say the wrong thing, they're put in prison and they're tortured. She said, I'm going to tell you what's going on. They are baking cookies, and they are celebrating right now the death of this, this wicked man who has killed not only Americans, but Iranians and Iraqians. And she said, and, and she said this very kindly. She said, I wish the ones of you don't know what you're talking about. Please shut up. Please just shut up. You don't have any idea. And she said, the people there are very good people. But, you know, she said, I was taught as a little girl to chant down with America, down with America. She said, I didn't know what America was. She said, and your people are paid to protest in the streets. But I, but I want you to know that. Don't, don't. And she got on and says, don't believe everything you hear. Amen. She said, it is not true. So in a little while, I want to pray for the people of Iran. You know, um, I've been to 20 nations. I, I can't tell you a nation I haven't been to that the people were, I mean, the average person was gracious loving, fun to be around, eat dinner with them. I've, I've, I've eaten in Russian homes, in Indian homes in India. I've been in Africa and eaten with people. And I'm telling you, I, I've just not met many bad people. But now, re regimes, yes. Governments, yes. So when you think of Russia, you think of, well, Russia's doing this, Russia doing that. The people, many of the people just... Great, great people. So when you're thinking, pray for them, you know, because they they hate they hate the bondage themselves. She said, "We have no freedom." She said, "We can't speak our mind because we'll be we'll be put in jail." And so, you know, um, I just wanted to say that to you because you hear a lot of stuff, but when you do, just you know, and you see people here from Iran and Iraq. Be loving to them. Be kind to them. They're, they're not, there's good, bad, and ugly in every country. And, and by the time they get into office, and very often they become corrupt, it's not a reflection always of the people. So having said that, amen. Y'all know that Mary Fran will not be here Sunday. Okay, if you have not heard that by now, that we did not want to hear it. She called us the other day. She said, you got to pray. We did. But her daughter had a double hernia, and they had it scheduled for later this month. And she called mom and says, Mom, I can't wait. I, I cannot do it. And she checked herself in the hospital. And Mary Friend said, there's nobody to take care of but me, and, and I'm sorry. So I said, okay. But I made her reschedule. You will reschedule twice. <laughs> you know, Mark, Mark had to reschedule, and he'll be back in February. So it'll be a Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Thursday night, but he's coming back. Because these people are honorable. They, they love God. And when stuff happens, and they have, they're gone all the time, but they can't. There's things that happen in their life, too. 
Um, we know Mary Friend close enough to know that her daughter, Christina, who is alive because of her, she has been, you know, Mary Friend's taken extra care of her because even though she's totally recovered from the brain part, um, there's just issues that she has with her uh, health. And um, so Mary Fran some, sometimes has, has to go above and beyond take care of Christina. So pray for her. Pray for Mary Fran. Don't think that everything in her life is rosy because she's a woman of God. Sometimes it's the opposite. Okay? Well, Lisa, is there any other announcements I'm supposed to make? Have you all seen the children's church floor? Okay, no. don't. Don't. Don't go look. It's being glued down. And I don't think you're supposed to walk on it, but if you stick your head in around the corner and don't walk on the floor, it'll be ready for Sunday. And so I want y'all to know that uh, Lisa and the guys have been working diligently to get the children's church done, the children's church foyer. The next is the children, I mean the nursery carpet. And then after that, we're going to do the, the foyer and the sanctuary carpet. And one day you'll walk in, there'll be carpet and new chairs in here. And I want to say thank you guys for for supporting this church. Amen. You know, when, when, when you get together and everybody works together, there's a lot, you can do a lot of nice. So I wanted y'all to know, you think that you're sowing to me, you're sowing, you're building yourself a nice church is what you're doing. So uh, thank God for that. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Don't forget Band of Brothers, Saturday morning. Amen. Uh, Father God, thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you that we're able to do all this. You've been good, 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 so good to us. And I pray that you would bless the people in this church and everybody that supports it. In Jesus' name, amen. You are good, good. You are good. guy and you're not getting um, a text from me about the Band of Brothers, it's because I don't have your cell phone. So if you want text on what's going on with Band of Brothers, then give me your, you know, just write your text, your cell phone down. I'm sorry I don't have paper out there like I used to and um, I'll, I'll do that real soon, but I just need phone numbers on some of you guys. I don't have all the men in the church. We have your house phone and we have your wife's phone, Well, we don't have a lot of y'all's phones. Amen. So, okay, everybody, get your Bibles out and go to Romans chapter 8. Um, I have been preaching on prayer, and I'm preaching on prayer, and, you, and has anybody figured out why? You watch the news? All right, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to get into a kind of prayer tonight. I'm going to go into a type of prayer tonight that is not talked about much, because of its misuse. The, you know, sometimes people get a hold of things and then they go goofy and then you kind of, people draw back, they, they throw the baby out with the wash water. But we're going to talk about when Zion travails and we're going to talk about travailing prayer or intercessory prayer. Are y'all game? Intercessory prayer is when you pray for another person 
or you're taking someone else's place. There's a time in your life where you have to quit praying for just you all the time because there comes a point that you won't get those prayers answered because all you're praying about is you. Now, you, you know, when you're a baby Christian, God lets you do a lot of things. But when you get older, one of the reasons God puts you in a church is it forces you to love people, get along with people, get to know each other, and to care about someone other than yourself. And you and I are responsible for one another. So, so we're going to talk about that, but I'm going, to make, I'm going to make a statement that the Lord said to me this afternoon. Jesus is the most powerful man to ever walk on the earth. Anybody agree with that? He still is. And he's walking on the earth in you. That's powerful. Satan knows this. Now, I wrote this down, and I want you to maybe write it down. I don't know whether Justin's going to pop it up on the screen or not. One praying Christian is more powerful than a standing army. Now, we don't think that way. We, we have never, was Jesus' prayer life powerful? Then yours is. You have the same Holy Ghost. You have the same righteousness. We've never really been taught that Satan knows more about you than you know about you. You are powerful. Um, many of you have prayed for people and seen miracles and seen family members come to Jesus. Um, but when you get born again and you realize that the prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Um, during the Second World War, um, Rees, what's his name? Um, what's his name, Rees? Howard Rees, Howell? Howell Rees, and this is where Reinhard Bonnke went to Bible school. Reinhard Bonnke was German, didn't speak a lick of English, and went to England to go to Bible school in, in Re, no, Reese, Reese Howell. That's it. Reese Howell's Bible school. Now, during Reese Howell's Bible school, the Lord laid on the students to pray during the Second World War. And they would often change Hitler's tactics in prayer. They won the war because of a school praying. The Holy Ghost would say, he's doing this, deal with it. And they would pray. And I think they attacked Russia and all it did was rain and their tanks got stuck and they came home. They didn't go in, but that was a group of people praying. So let me make my statement again, because you, you, you don't often think of yourself in this light. One Christian praying one, doesn't take a hundred, is more powerful than a standing army. And when you think like this, you're like, I think I'm going to do some praying. So it gives you this, hey, maybe we are superheroes. I want to get a t-shirt that has S on it, you know, and so we can leave and open up our shirts and everybody will know we're super. It's, but it's true. It, it's, it's not, it's, it's true. I mean, um, I don't know whether y'all have ever thought about this or not. 
you are a supernatural man. You have a supernatural new birth, supernatural heavenly father. And you're walking around with a supernatural ability to talk to God about anything, anytime, in a language you don't know. I mean, sometimes you just take it for granted. You don't really think that is supernatural. I mean, you're the only one. I mean, when you walk in a room, you should say, I'm here. And I'm not talking about bragging on yourself. You know that. I'm talking about having a good attitude toward what God gave you. But one praying man. And so, um, and, I, and the, the scripture that, that backs that up is Ephesians 3.20 that says, he who, you know, not only he who began a good work in you, but um, um, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that is working inside of you. And that's not a little thing. It's not a little tiny thing. It's the spirit that blew Jesus' spirit out of hell. And you're walking around with it. I mean, I think sometimes you just need to get your brain and go, whoa, that's pretty good. You start thinking of yourself in a little more creative light. So are you a change agent? You absolutely are. And I'm going to get into this. Now, tonight we're going to talk about interceding the interceding Christian or intercession. And now I'm going to tell you why people don't preach on it much. It seems to me that anytime you get a group of intercessors together, uh, not always, but just sometimes, they, they, praying people can get goofy. And very often they don't have a pastor in there and they start doing weird stuff. Now, there is a real groaning in the spirit. There is a real. We're going to talk about that. But you can't teach people to groan. All right, I'm going to prove it to you. When a woman's having a baby, she has a tendency to groan. But she can't walk around the house all the time doing that. She's not having a baby every day. What are you doing, baby? I'm having a baby. No, you're not. You're cooking breakfast. You know, so, so what happens is, when I went to Rama, there was a group of people who ran around having groaning meetings, and Brother Hagen just shut it down. Just golly, guys. And I think, I, w- I wish that they had done a lot more teaching on it, but, but I was there in the first classes and got to be a part of some of the honest-to-God real stuff and the advantage of praying by groaning in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you, it's been beneficial to me. I don't do it all the time. I walk around growing all the time. Um, so, I'm, so I'm going to start. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Go over there and let's read. Because what we're going to preach on is actually in the Bible. <laughs> That's supposed to be funny. Thank you. I'm going to get a laughing box like they have on TV. <laughs> I'm going to get a hallelujah box, make it sound like on CD that everybody's excited. Hey, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. And it's just a. (laughs) Y'all remember the old, we watched Red Skelton the other night. And you know what was funny is how lame it was. 
how not funny it was. It was not funny. I and mean, I laughed and laughed and laughed. Lisa goes, what's so funny? I said, it's not funny. <laughs> that was funny. So um, corny is the right word. But anyway, I, I enjoyed it. It was the only thing on TV. Only thing on TV. Romans 8, 18. Let's start. For I consider that the suffering, and I don't know whether y'all knew that or not, but if you're a Christian, you are going to suffer, so just go ahead and get over it, of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in you. It's not going to last forever and for eternity. You're going to be doing good. This is a small time period. The earnest expectation of the creation, that's the world we live in, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now we could go a hundred places with that, but he's talking about when the sons of God step into the millennial reign. That's really what that's talking about. For the creation was subjected to fertility. That's by Adam, not willingly, but because of him, Adam, who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In other words, there's coming a day when it's not going to be suffering anymore. And we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. I mean, don't y'all want to live in Puerto Rico? Two hurricanes and how many earthquakes? Folks, this is going to be normal now. And I know that sounds nuts, but the earth is groaning. The earth is, the, uh, the gravitational pull has changed. Uh, I could spend an hour on why. There used to be a firmament around the earth in Noah's day, a crystalline firmament, and the atmosphere was different, and, and the whole earth was tighter, and, and the oxygen level was higher, and that's why things grew bigger. That's why there were giants. When the flood happened, which didn't rain down as much as it blew up from the bottom, because there was no such thing as rain and when it busted the crystalline thing, the earth expanded, and we've been having earthquakes since then, and it's kicked off its axis somewhat in the last few years. They've proven that, and that's what's causing global warming, not in Australia. Those are, those are idiots. But you cannot change global warming unless you want to get up and someone take the earth and put it back on its axis which Jesus will do when he comes back. So in the meantime, the earth that we live in is groaning. The people are groaning. The, everything is unstable. And we know it. We feel it. So he says the earth is groaning. Now that, that's going to lead us up to what I'm going to say now. Verse 22. We know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together till now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Our body is not redeemed yet. I don't know whether you've noticed that or not. Look in the mirror someday and you'll go, I don't, you do not look real redeemed to me. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. But why does it hope for what he sees? For if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit 
helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The literal Greek translation says this. It says, um, um, with, with groanings that cannot be uttered in your articulate speech. Prayer, and, and many of you understand this, especially if you come to the ladies' prayer night. Um, and and don't, don't ask me why, because I don't know why. Why do we often pray and there is no language? How many of y'all have experienced groaning in the Holy Ghost? I, want, I mean, really, I want to see your hands. Where you're just like, oh, and I mean, you're, you're just groaning. And um, I'm going to show you in a minute what's happening in the spirit realm when you do that. Now, you're not, don't just make it up. But when you're in prayer, and, and this is, let me, let, the, the reason people, I've actually heard preachers preach against it. I wish they wouldn't because they don't know. If you don't know, just be quiet. You don't know anything. Because you've seen stupid does not mean that everything people do and everybody is stupid. It doesn't mean it's all wrong because you've seen people do it wrong. Do it wrong. And, and there, is, there is the goofy. Um, when Rodney Howard Brown went up to Canada, uh, people were laughing in the Holy Ghost getting drunk. And then there was people barking like dogs. Well, so what? Maybe they are a dog. You know, you never know. They might be a puppy <laughs> or a German shepherd or something in there. So you, do, you, don't, you don't come along and say that everybody in the room is crazy because there's a dozen goofy people in the room. You don't do that. If you shut it down, the bad, you shut everything down. And that's what has happened with prayer meetings. And I'm going to show you that well, I'm going to quote a scripture right now. We'll get into it. Until you learn to intercede, people will not get born again. They're not coming to Jesus. They don't come to Jesus. And that's where my scripture comes from. When Zion travails, she brings forth children. There's not a woman in here that ever had a baby with a smile on her face. What are you doing having a baby? Hallelujah. Please change channels for me. The baby's coming out. It does, I, don't, I don't really think it happens that way. I think there's a little more, there's intense and there's like breathing and all kind of stuff. Because I've watched Lisa and I read a book to her and told her what she was doing. <laughs> you know, we, we had our children at home, Lisa and I did. And uh, I got a, we got a book, uh, Spiritual Midwifery. Hippies, hippies having babies in the back of doodlebug buses. And um, we read it together and decided we would do it because her brother, David's wife, had all her kids at home. And we thought, well, let's, let's do this. And I mean, Lisa's a trooper. We had Justin about four in the morning and Lisa cooked breakfast at six. She got up, went down and cooked breakfast. She is amazing. Now, she gets mad when I tell people all this stuff, but she, she just like, I'm hungry and left. And, she, and, and, the, and the midwife was there, and, and I always let the midwife deliver the afterbirth because 
I think she'd kill me if I did to her what that lady did. (laughs) She's in there pounding on Lisa's stomach and snatching on cords and all kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, we had Joshua at a birthing center. Then I I delivered Justin and Jordan. We had Jordan and Effie driving the mobile home. And the, the midwives were reading midwifery books and asking me how I was doing. And I delivered Jordan and smacked him on his backside and uh, took the little thing and sucked all the mucus out and cut the cord and tied a knot in it and the whole nine yards and gave him to mama and I'm done. And I never got a penny or nothing. Nobody ever paid me nothing. <laughs> At least it's quite the trooper. But anyway, um, it's, it's amazing to watch a real birth. It's, it's fantastic. It's amazing to watch nature. And I'll tell you this, if you women would walk around, the baby come quick. You lay in the bed, you're there all day, baby. Let gravity help you, you know, and just, just help her breathe. Okay, hallelujah. I know none of y'all need to know that. We've been, we've been praying for a lot of weddings around here. Anybody want to get in agreement with me? We're going to have a lot of weddings this year. We're going to start with Justin Michael Morgan. Any of you, you guys right here, we got one, two, three that need to get three, four. How many young men in this church need to get married? I mean, where's where's Bruce? Where's Bruce? We're going to, Bruce needs a wife. Willis, are you out there? Pray with me for Bruce that he gets a wife this year. This year in Jesus' name. We got Tanya walking in right now. She's available. Anybody, Tanya, we got a Tanya's available. I told you this is a prayer meeting. She's not even coming in now. She's shaking her head. (laughs) So there is a real intercession. There is a real intercession, and we'll get into that, and I'm going to prove it to you from the Bible. But there is a groaning. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, that talks about praying for presidents, and I want you to see a word here. That I want you to, to latch on to it. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, supplication, prayers, and what? Intercessions. Be made for all men. Intercession is not the prayer of faith. It's not the prayer of supplication. It's actually taking the place of another person. Now, let me get ahead of myself. When you're in Holy Ghost intercession, you will feel what they feel. If they're lost you will feel lost. If they're sick, often you will feel sick and you're not. That's a spirit of intercession that comes on you. Or either you think, man, I'm just having a bad day. That's not you having a bad day. There's an inner, there's a spirit of intercession that's come on you and God, you're praying for someone else that does not know how to get the victory for themselves. Now, I'm going to go back in time a little bit here. When I first got born again, I knew nothing again. And I went off to Atlanta, Georgia to go to a Kenneth Hagin meeting. He was preaching at a full gospel businessmen's convention. At the end of the meeting, he says, we're going to pray for people right now. And I am sitting out there at a table eating breakfast or whatever. And all of a sudden, I began to cry and weep in the spirit. And I, I had enough sense to know this is God, but, I, but I, there's nothing wrong with me. And all of a sudden, I'm praying like this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm weeping and I'm crying. And I feel 
what someone, he's praying for someone and whoever he's praying for, I'm picking that up in my spirit and I'm interceding in their place. And I am actually, and I know this sounds screwy. Me and that person are one. Does that sound, are you, can you handle that? Okay, so the Holy Spirit has, has put me in the same position to feel what they feel, but see, they don't know enough to pray, so I'm interceding on their behalf. Now, the second time this happened to me was when I was in Tulsa going to Ramah, and I went to Buddy Harrison's church, and I always sat right here in second row, this chair, and whenever he'd give the altar call, I would always begin to weep and cry and pray. And I, you know, for a while I kind of went, I think this is God, but you know, I just right now think I need to get up and go to the altar because I'm lost. I'm so lost and I'm not lost. And I'm sitting there just weeping and just, just praying. I'm, you know, and weeping tears and I'm just praying. And, and all of a sudden somebody in the back, an old drunk or something lifts his hand and I start rejoicing. And I have taken this sinner's place and God is looking for people who are sensitive to the Holy Ghost. So he has someone to pray them in. Now, see, we've got to get back in this church and in churches in America where we're sensitive to the move of the Holy Ghost. Uh, You ever notice that um, when God took Jericho, he didn't do anything natural? His church is not natural. Natural is man trying to fix God. And and if I don't, I know know this sounds like I'm we, we versus I'm not. But it's wrong. It's wrong to have a service where you sing two fast songs, two slow songs. God talks for a few minutes and you go home. It's wrong. It's not church. Everything, everything Jesus did was supernatural. If you don't have a supernatural church, you, you, you have a country club. You don't have a church. And so it's time for us in this church to learn how to pray. Now, I'm going to say something here the Lord said to me. And I want you all to hold on to your seats. Fast your seat belts. Who's responsible for your prayer life? Who's responsible for your kids? You are. You know, it's funny to me, and I don't don't mean to say this. I'm not trying to. All I want you to do is go make an adjustment. But don't come to church and talk about your kids. I mean, get, get, get people to pray with you. But if you're just so lazy that you're not going to pray for them, why should we? You want to run around getting everybody to do all your praying for you? No, no, um, nobody's doing. If your marriage is falling apart, you pray. Pray, cowboy, pray. She said, I don't know how. Well, learn. I know that that sounds harsh and hard, but we're so used to coming to church and hearing someone preach and think that we're good Christians because we heard something and do slap nothing. You're, you're responsible to learn how to pray. And I, I'm going to say something else, and I want you men to listen to me. The days of you being, I only go to work and that makes me spiritual and my wife is a spiritual one. Stop that. Listen to me. I am the spiritual head of my house. I pray. Lisa, don't make me pray. She's not forcing me to go to church. She's not forcing me to read my Bible. Men, 
man up and be a man. I mean, it's just, I just can't stand it when, when the women, women's prayer meeting. Well, my God, well, you want a men's prayer meeting, pastor, lead us. No. No. My God, you ought to walk around praying all the time in the Holy Ghost yourself. When you ought to be the one bringing your kids to church. You ought to be the one teaching them the Word of God. They have your name, not your wives. They're your kids. Oh, that was too much. I know that's just too much. But I mean, I mean the days of us just sitting around and thinking we're good Christians because we go to church and we turn in a prayer request to someone to pray for us and then we walk around and think that if we just work all day, well, I was tired. Well, guess what? I've been tired my, myself. I still wake up in the morning and pray and I wake up and at lunch I go, I used to get off of work, laid concrete block, went and sat in my truck and listened to Brother Hagin and prayed in the Holy Ghost and, uh, and read uh, my Bible for a few minutes and slept and went back to work. I, I, I had an hour lunch and I spent five, 15, 20 minutes every day of my life praying the Holy Ghost. And when you're laying block, you can pray in tongues, who cares? Everybody else has got a tongue. I mean, who, who cares what they think? They're not walking around going, is my cussing offending you? Have you ever had anybody, is, have the, answer, has anybody ever asked you that? So I'm walking around work going, and Morgan, who are you talking to? I said, wasn't you. They said, I guess not. I said, I just go out to work. Don't worry about what you think about me. Who gives a rip? This is Florida. I mean, everybody here speaks. There's Spanish and Puerto Ricans and, 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 and um, what is Ecuador? What is, what's Brazil? Um, Portuguese and Russian and, 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 and then Patois. And then there's Creole. And I mean, so, so who cares? Uh, just get a thing. I told you this. Put it in your ear. Pretend like you're on the phone. Shut up. I don't know. Nobody thinks anything about it anyway. Just don't do it in your, tr- in your car. It's $1,000 now to talk on your phone in the car. I don't know. When. I'm glad they did that. All right, that's enough of that. All right. So intercession is when you're praying for others. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're not, they're not getting prayed for. That is your children, your husband, your wife, your family. They are your responsibility. So you, you just take that right now. Tonight, after night, go, hey, you know what? My family needs prayer and I'm slacking. And then just repent and do this. And God hears it one way or the other and, and just move forward. Okay. And that's offensive to some people. My wife goes, listen, do you know a spirit-filled Catholic that looks like? I'm sorry. I just, with stammering hands, I, I guess. It, I'm glad I ate before I came. That's not going to be good when I get home. All right. Go to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Um, and let's, oh boy. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. So much to know here, so much to know. We're going to get into all of it. 10, 2. 
In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. It didn't say I didn't eat at all. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is the Tigris, and I lived. He's in Iran, isn't he? Yeah. I didn't know if y'all knew that. That So I, um, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, was waist was girded with gold of Uphaz, that must be a jewelry store, and his body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his, his eyes torches of fire, his arms and feet burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words were like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw the great vision and no strength remained in me, he fell out in the power and my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. And I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face to the ground. Verse 10. And suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said, Oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And he said, do not fear, Daniel, for for the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I have become because of your words. Now he's been praying for three weeks. When did God answer him? Three weeks earlier. But what was happening? There was spiritual warfare. The angel is going to say, I had to fight my way through to get this answer to you. Now listen to me. We're not talking about you praying the prayer of faith on, a, on something that God's already done. We're talking about the people around you, family and circumstances where Satan is trying to take you out. There, that's not a prayer you're going to pray for one hour or maybe two. You might be praying off and on for several weeks in order to get an answer to prayer. And God answered the moment you ask him. But it doesn't mean you got the answer the moment you got it in the spirit, but you can't stop praying and interceding just because you started. He heard you, but now someone down here has got to keep the landline open because God, there is a, there is a spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies. Come on, somebody say amen. The room is full of devils. The earth is full of devils. There's a lot of devils. There's a lot of devils. And he's arrayed against you. He's arrayed against your home. They're arrayed against your husband, your wife, your family. And you've got to learn how to take these things. God is not withholding from you. But you've got to learn that this is a kind of prayer. America is in the shape that it's in because we don't pray like this anymore. If you want things to change, you're going to learn to do this kind of praying. And sometimes, now just listen to me, it isn't that your demeanor moves God. Boy, I want to say this, and I don't know how to say it, where people will understand this. Your being loud or quiet or jumping isn't changing God, but you're dealing with a spirit realm. And there's times when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and I will get demonstrative. Why? 
I don't know. Why do we feel like we've got to prove something to someone by being... When you have a baby, you're not trying to prove anything. You're having a by God baby. Shut up and get out of here. The things women say. I've heard women go, I'll kill you if you ever touch me again. Now, 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 now I've been told that I don't know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus. I really don't need anything. I don't want a, anything that big coming out of me. And I have to admit, it's probably um, quite a deal. But I just can't imagine you doing it without there being some emotion. Am I out there or did y'all go home? All you women are, am I right? I mean, it's just, maybe you had never had a baby yourself, so you don't know. You don't know. But, but, but the Bible talks about you travailing in prayer. I don't know what you think that looks like. What do you think travailing in prayer looks like? It looks like you're having a baby, and it's obvious it's not physical. It's quiet in here. That's all right. It's, it's, it's okay. I told you this one day, and I'm gonna, it bears repeating. Well, let me, let me back up a minute. When I, was, when I went to Bible school, nobody told me I had to go to prayer meetings. But boy, am I glad I did. Patsy Caminetti ran the prayer meetings. Barrowman. Trenna's sister. Um, married a, a, an Italian guy, Caminetti. It's the Caminetti. Y'all guys just come on in and have some supper and we'll just take care of everything. I know guys in the mob, it's absolutely hilarious. They really talk like that. Hey, Pastor, don't, don't send you down to JoJo and get your lunch. And here's $100 and tell him I sent you. And take Lisa with you when you go. So I went to prayer meetings, and they would people from all over the world would send in prayer requests, and they'd, they'd type them out, and they would hand it to me. And I had two partners, two girls, I, you know, and I just, I've said this before. I wish I'd kept their names. They were candy stripers, a black girl and a white girl, and, and every time we'd go, I would find them, and we would sit down like Indians, and we'd pull our little papers out, and we'd intercede. And it was just some of the most wonderful times in God. But I'll tell you, I prayed in English, they prayed in tongues. And then we went around, they prayed in English, we prayed in tongues. And I mean, I would grab a hold of a piece of paper that said, dying of cancer. And I mean, you go in the spirit. And you're off, you're off. You're just, I mean, you're groaning. You feel like you're dying and you're, you're crying and you're weeping. And you, you know, you, you can't just go, I want to go home now. Because you're not going home. You're going to pray this thing out. You started it. And I would sit there and intercede for people all over this earth. Never met them before in my life. And at the end of 5, 10, 15, sometimes a half an hour, I'd be laughing in the Holy Ghost to know that whoever that person was on that paper is healed. Amen. By the power of God. Now, I have come, when I, when I was a youth pastor, I taught the teenagers to pray this way. I've never gotten a group of adults to pray like this. 
you guys are more difficult to work with. You know, we have a lot of opinionated people. And I have been in prayer meetings in this, in this church where I couldn't hear the person praying three inches in front of their mouth. I've walked up, put my, my ear in. Are you praying? Yes. And I'd put my ear back down. I said, are you going to bed? And I, and I, and I, and I, I did it. I, I, I gave, I gave them the scripture and I said, the Bible says they lifted their voice. I said, lift your voice. And they got offended and, and left. Wow. Well, well, you're not here. I'm not your pastor. I'm trying to teach you how to pray and you're just, you're just rebellious. I'm trying to teach you how to pray and I don't give a rip what you think. You're going to be in my church. You're going to pray. If I say, fake it, to you, fake it, and go home and just. <laughs> you're having a baby? Yes, be quiet. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not having a baby. I am. I've seen babies. You're not having one. Y'all didn't get it. <laughs> you think that, that you're liking this? Okay, the both of you. All right. All right. Thirteen. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Now, I, I hate to do this, but I'm I'm going to. I just need to obey God. When I lived in Tulsa, I went through a marriage problem. I went. My my first wife came and says, "I found someone else." Okay. Had a lady from Rhema come over and pray with me. Now, I'm walking around my house praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, you can't look at me and tell me this didn't happen. I don't care where you are doctrinally. You don't look at me and tell me it didn't happen. I know what happened. I'm in my living room. She's in the bedroom. And all of a sudden, I'm praying strong. I mean, you know what you're not talking about. Son of the I mean, you're praying in tongues and you're, you're, getting, you're getting down, Okay. And I looked up in my living room, and there's this being, is solid black, eight feet tall, has a pointy head and two red eyeballs, and, and I can see in the spirit, and a wind is blowing very strong in the spirit, and this thing is hollering at me, and I can't hear him for the wind. Wow. And when I saw him with my eyes, not these, but my eyes, I'm a spirit, I pointed my finger at him and continued praying in tongues. Someone said, were you talking to the devil? I, I thought so, but not necessarily. Maybe he's just trying to get me to stop praying. I, I don't know everything. But I know I got stronger and stronger and stronger. And the, the harder, the stronger, now listen to me, the stronger I got, the more powerful the wind came. And after a while, this thing just went. I mean, I could see fear hit its face. And he went, and gone. And the lady in the back bedroom started laughing in the Holy Ghost. I started laughing in the Holy Ghost, and my marriage straightened out for months. Now, see, I don't like talking about that because it's the girls say, well, we have friends that listen to your CDs. And, but basically, they're telling me to quit preaching. I can't teach you anything because I, somebody's afraid that Everything in my life's going well. So, 
that really what happened. Now, I, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't maintain that victory. Are you all out there? He, I, I kind of had this idea that was it. And, and a half a year later, it's marriage is falling apart again. I, I didn't know that prayer was a way of life. You, you get someone that's not right with God, you've got to pray them back to where they're walking with God. Not just because you got them free one time. And, and, and that's why I think God wanted me to pastor because I learned, I didn't learn this in Bible school. I learned some of this the by God hard way. I did it wrong more than once, but I've had enough experiences in, in the spirit to see that when I did it right and then I didn't do it right and I learned right then, and, and, and let me say this to y'all, that's where I learned to pray. I, I took the test, but, but life is what taught me to pray. Marriage taught me to pray. Kids taught me to pray. This church taught me to pray. There have been things that this church wouldn't be here if we didn't pray through some stuff. You think the devil likes us? No. And, I, and I, I've, I've, learned, I've learned a lot of stuff. But I'm going to tell you that, that I got to where I had to pray because I had nothing else to do. And what happened is it created in me a prayer life. In other words, after you do something every day for months, you just, it's a habit now. I just pray all the time and I'll stop in the middle of the day and go sit in my chair and pray about something and get up and go do something and come back and pray. And Lisa will tell you sometimes I go in there and I'll be gone for 10 minutes and I'm going an hour. I'm just sitting there praying. And I, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I know that you have 250 people, 300 people, you, you guys need prayer. I mean, we need, Mary Fran needs prayer. Mark needs prayer. You guys, um, y'all you, need prayer. So you guys that are just getting born again, let me tell you something. You don't understand the kind of prayer that went up to keep you walking with God. And we know you've been through hell. We know it. But somebody is, is behind you that's been around a little bit calling on God and getting behind you and praying while y'all are, are coming to church going, well, we're going through hell. We know it. But it's not you. You're born again. You love Jesus. But we know the devil from hell is trying everything in his power to knock you out. Anybody in here been through any major marriage problems in the last six months? You are fighting, you're fighting the devil. Who do you think you're fighting? And, and one of y'all is so carnal, you're listening. God ain't giving you a spirit of fear. Get in and drive fear off your spouse. Fear, get off of them in the name of Jesus. Pray for them. They're battling the devil. They don't even know, the, don't even know what, they're, what they're dealing with. Oh, yeah, man, this is good. And yet that's why you have a church so that when things, don't, don't pretend how things are going. Fine, it's not. <laughs> Just look and say, you know, prayer would be fine. Well, most of the time, people that are around you that are spiritual, pick it up. And don't come to me. Pastor, I have it in my spirit that JoJo needs prayer. Well, then pray. Help me, Jesus. All right. 
Um, Ephesians 6, 12. How are we doing for time? Oh my gosh, because we got to pray. And I'm not anywhere near done. Ephesians 6, 12. Pop it on the screen because I don't. Look at this. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. What do, you, do you realize you're wrestling? Do y'all even realize you're wrestling? Yeah. How, what do you mean you're wrestling? How many of y'all have, all of your thoughts are pure? <laughs> well, it's not coming out of your spirit. Because you're a new creation. Where's it coming from? Cast it down. Listen, the stuff that's going on around you, just get to the place where when you're walking in the presence of God, a fly won't land on a hot skeleton. Get hot. Devil will leave you alone if you get hot. All right. So you're not wrestling flesh and blood, but you're wrestling principalities, powers, and rules of the darkness of the world. And And then there's people here go, I have a call gone on my life. You can't even get yourself to church. Don't tell me you're ready for ministry. With all due respect, a teenager is not ready for business. He's still working real hard just to keep his room cleaned. He don't need a corporation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, there's people walking around going, I went to Bible school. I'm going, that's good. I have a call of God. That's good. Where were you last Sunday? Oh, well, you know, the beach. You might have a call, baby, but God ain't giving you, he ain't giving you responsibility for nobody. You can't even run you. Every once in a while, I have to do like Joel Osteen. <laughs> I know I'm, I know I'm, it was Kansas, the girl used to go, Chris, Chris, what's her name? Chris. I call her Kansas. She goes, you're raw. I went, that sounds bad. She said, that's good. I said, that don't sound raw. At least cook me or something. I mean, you know, rare would be nice. Medium rare. Not raw, honey. I don't want to be raw. All right. Um. <laughs> oh, yes. This, I have this book by Kenneth Hagin called The Interceding Christian. I don't know if y'all have it or not. You ought to get it. It says, Satan's authority over matters of the earth can only be overcome as Christians pray and intercede in behalf of our country. God is looking today for someone who make up the head and stand in the gap before the land so I wouldn't destroy it. If, if we're not going to pray for America, it's, stop complaining, start praying. These people are going to hell and they don't have enough sense to know it. I need someone to start praying for them. Pray for this nation. As Christians, we simply need to stand our ground and know what belongs to us and refuse to be moved. Those who expect to float on life on flower beds of ease are very sadly mistaken. Listen to this story. I held a revival for a pastor who I knew and I loved and respected. The people in the church were wonderful people. They loved their pastor, loved me, and they were receptive to the preaching of the word. But this was the hardest place I've ever preached in my life. Every word seemed to come right back and hit me in my face. In the presence of time, while I was between meetings, I, called, I was called upon to preach in that church again. Same crowd, but there was a complete marked difference. There was so much difference in daylight and dark. After the service, the pastor's wife asked if I could tell a difference in their church. I said, yes, it's a lot easier to preach here than it was before. Why? Why, there's no comparison, I said. Everything was free and easy tonight. Whereas before it seemed bound and tight, don't worry about that, spiritually dead. What happened? 
I'd been here for months, the pastor said, and finally I decided I was tired of the dead spirit. Now, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm not reading this to you for this church because this church is not dead. But you have family members you talk to in there, you might as well be talking to the wall, right? All right, now let's, let's listen on. On the seventh day of the fast while I was praying, I had a vision before my eyes. I saw the ceiling above the, bul- above the pulpit disappear and sitting above the ceiling on a rafter was a spirit that looked like a big ape or a baboon. God was showing me there's a spirit right above, right above the natural that was holding things in this church back. I spoke to the spirit and commanded him to come down. He didn't say a word, but I could tell he didn't want to. Reluctantly, he came down, and I said, you not only come down, but you got to get out of here. And I pointed to the aisle of the church, and he started up the aisle, and I followed him. He took a couple steps, turned around like a little dog with the expression, do I have to leave? Can I come back? When he would pause, I'd say, no, you get out of here. And I followed him out the front door, and he paused again, and I kept commanding him to go, and he finally walked down the street and disappeared in the nightclub. Sometimes, well, the night, the, a week later, the nightclub burned down. Sometimes in dealing with people, as well as churches, I've dealt with the spirit behind the person, often in prayer and intercession. See, a lot of times when you're dealing with apathy, the person, they don't, they don't know that, I deem, that they've somehow or another opened up the door for a spirit, and you need to start interceding for them and drive it off. And, and it's not just a matter of go in the name of Jesus, get off. I mean, sometimes you got to get down and pray over them in the Holy Ghost. And you're, you're going you're gonna to groan. You, you, I'm not, you, may, you may or may not. But if you do, there, that's not anything wrong with you. Are you all out there? Okay. So in other words, you're going to get a little demonstrative sometimes in your praying. And, and Shirley will tell you this. And, and uh, Betty Lowe's will tell you this. I think when Betty first came to this church and she came to a Monday night prayer meeting, she told me, she says, I, I almost went home because it's, it's not like first church, all the women sitting around with handkerchiefs and, and praying sweetly and drinking tea. I mean, there's some praying going on and, and, and when, and at first you're like, what are they doing? Why is this necessary? Am I right, Betty? Yeah. How many of y'all, first time you walked in a prayer meeting like that, you're like, woo. I, I, I walked in and loved it. I thought, this is like going to a bar. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read another one to you. Ooh. Well, no, 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 no. Isaiah 66, 8, pop it on the screen. And then um, go to Galatians 4, 19. 66, 8, let's read this. Look at this. Yeah. Who are those who fly like a cloud and doves in their roost? Go to 9. 66, not 60. 6, 6. Like Antichrist, 6-6. Six, six. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in a day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. I'm talking about the church. There are no people born again. There's converts but they're not, you, you, you know the difference. People walked up and prayed a prayer and went home. There was no change. 
And you got them in your family. Yeah, I prayed that prayer. Well, there, there's no evidence. And then we know people who came forward and OMG. They got a Bible, poured the dope down. I mean, they got right with God. Somebody was praying for them. Somebody got them free in the spirit because they didn't do it. So a church that wants to grow and you want your family members to come in, you're going to do some praying. All right, and it's not going to be now I lay me down to sleep. Okay, I'm going to show you a scripture so that you won't think I'm just pulling all this out of a hat. Galatians 4.19. Please go over here and let's look. I'm going to wait till it pops on the screen because I want you to see this. Patience is a virtue. Now listen, listen to this guy. Paul's talking. My little children, he's talking to Christians, for whom I labor... In birth again until Christ is formed in you. What's he talking about? What does he mean? He's laboring. Well, I thought Jesus did it all. Well, he did. But he's talking about praying. He's, he's interceding. Baby Christians are not going to grow if Christians don't get behind them in prayer. When you see them come in this church and get born again, you've got to get on these guys. Now, the, the days of you being selfish and everything's about you is over. You are responsible. When you're not here, you're responsible. When you don't know, you're still responsible. Don't have babies and then just leave them at home. And Did y'all have children? Oh, yeah. Hadn't seen them in months. Really? That's called abortion, guys. Come on, guys. God's got a lot of people that need to come to Jesus, and he really needs his church. I'm going to read another scripture to you, John 11. Father, help me with this, because... We all have to see this, and, and it's, time to, it's time to kick it up. John 11. This is what I was talking about, and I'm going to tell you one more story, and I don't care what time it is. I'm just going to forget the clocks up there. I don't give a rip. The youth can leave and go home. And John 11. This is talking about Jesus, 32. And when he came to where Jesus was, they saw him, and they fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Now, he's fixing to raise Lazarus from the dead. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, we have a lady in the church tonight, and I pray she doesn't get mad at me. One night when Mary Fran was here, the Spirit of God got all over me, and I began to intercede for Cindy Robinson right here on the front row. And Mary Fran looked at me and says, you know, she's just looking at me, and I'm just off. And I'm just weeping and just praying and groaning in the Holy Ghost. And I turned around and walked over to, to Cindy and just put her in my arms and held her. But, you know, that's what family does. That's what, and she looked at me and she says, oh, you're in pastor mode. So she just left me alone because there's a sheep here and that needs some prayer right now. And I don't know what Cindy's going through. 
And I just, I, I picked up what she's going through in my spirit, and I just began to weep and groan in the Holy Ghost. There, listen to me, when you're doing that, there's great power being released. Amen. Amen. I was in a meeting one time with Kenneth Hagin, and they brought a baby that was completely deformed. Arms were deformed, body was deformed, face, every, every part of the baby's body was deformed. And Brother Hagin said, bring him up here. Took that baby and wrapped him in his arms. And he began to groan. And he just groaned in the spirit, and just groaned in the spirit. And all of a sudden, like a five minutes, we started hearing the limbs popping. And in his arms, God put that baby's body back together. Where is the Holy Ghost? Inside of you. And that's why there's times you'll be praying, you go, oh, God, I can do it. And it's not words. Not a language. Well, don't stop. So now I'm going to tell another story. And Lisa, you verify what I'm going to tell them right now. When my sister Nancy I, and I was, we lived in Sheila Oaks. And when I'd go in there to pray, every day the Lord would say, pray for Nancy. And at the time I was a little like, well, God, I'm in here to pray about ministry again. He says, well, Nancy needs prayer. And I said, I'd, I'd pray for Nancy. And I did that. Almost every day for a while. I didn't get real serious about Nancy, but I prayed for her a, pr a pretty good amount. The Lord asked me to pray for her, and I'd pray for her. Then when I, then I'd go back to praying for me. It's time to be honest, because I'm trying to get some things done. And so Lisa's mother had a Bible study in her house one night, and I'm in there teaching, and. Um, at the end of the Bible study, the Spirit of God said, pray and pray now. Pray and pray now. And all of a sudden, I began to intercede. Now, what I mean by that is that you feel like you're having a baby. I mean, you'll pray hard for a minute, and then it'll lighten up. And then you'll pray hard for a few minutes, and you'll lighten up. Now, this is what I'm saying in English. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm so lost. And I felt like I was in hell. And I'm praying, I'm crying, snots running out of my nose. I'm, I'm, I'm wishing somebody would come sit with me and help me. But I'm praying for somebody. I don't know who I'm praying for. And this went on for what, Lisa, 15, 20 minutes, maybe. And... Um, some of the family got up, went and got ice cream, and I'm in there by myself just praying in the Holy Ghost. No condemnation, because I don't think they really understood what I was doing anyway. And um, after about, I guess, I'm going to say a half an hour, but spiritual things, it's really hard to tell. I, all of a sudden, I started laughing in the Holy Ghost. Now, and by then, you know, whatever I'm praying about, I got it. And I said, oh, God, and all the time, the Holy Ghost is saying this in my ear, please Please do not stop. Please do not stop. Please do not stop. And I'm groaning. I'm groaning in the spirit. And, I, and when it got all over, I, um, I started laughing in the Holy Ghost. And I said, what is this about? And he said, your sister, Nancy. And I said, oh, well, Okay. So I got home that night, and I called down to Miami, and Mark said, Nancy left me. 
and Nancy and Mark were in heavy into drugs, and she said, I've had all I can have, and she got on an airplane and went to Boston to be with her boyfriend. She's trying to escape the hell, naturally. And on the plane, she died and went to hell. She is going down the shaft into hell when I began to pray. Now, I've said all these things because I'm trying to get you to understand. The people that are going to hell around you are your fault. Because you're just letting them go. Just let this whatever God. I try to talk to them. They don't want to talk. Well, I tried to talk to Nancy. She didn't want to. But every day the Lord would say, pray for Nancy, pray for Nancy, pray for Nancy. So I, I called. I, I got a hold of her boyfriend's cell phone. I called, and he said, I love Nancy. I love Nancy, but I don't know what's wrong with her. I said, oh, shut up, stupid, and put her on the phone. <laughs> and I just told him off. And I said, Nancy, you need to come. And on the phone, she's going, I went to hell. I went to hell. I went to hell. I said, get down here. And me and Lisa bought her an airplane ticket and flew her from Boston down to Orlando. Well, Mom picked her up at the airport and took her to her apartment, and Mom lived over near 436 and 50, down near the airport. And when I picked Nancy up, Nancy was a zombie. She would sit and look at you. Never blink, never say a word for an hour. Total zombie. So mama's gloating over her, and I looked at Lisa, and I said, we got to get her out of here. We can't do anything with pity in the room. And right there at mama's house, I said, I, I, I kind of grabbed Nancy and put her face up, and I said, pray with me. And I had her pray the sinner's prayer. And she asked Jesus to come in her heart and be the Lord of life. And immediately the zombies ended. She's kind of like straightened up. And she looked at me. She said, I ain't going home. I'm not going back. I will not go back. She said, it's hell. It's, I will not go back. I said, well, I'm not telling you you have to go back. I said, you're coming to my house. And so we, Mama brought her over and Mom left. And me and Lisa got her in the living room, got her filled with the Holy Ghost. And she laid in my living room and laughed for hours and hours and hours in the Spirit. Well, I don't understand the reason for it. Shut up. I'm so tired of stupid people. It ain't funny. You ain't never helped anybody, and you want to tell everybody what to do. So it just makes me mad when you hear people telling their, their opinion, and they ain't never done anything. She laid in my living room. She just laughed until she was totally normal. And then we sat down and had a little conversation. She said, I can't go home. And now she's normal. Just born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Been drunk in the Spirit for four hours. So now it's all like talking to Nancy. And I said, well, what about Mark? She says, he's got to get saved. I said, well, he's getting saved. She said, I don't know. I said, I do. And so I called him up on the phone. I said, you want your wife back? And he said, yes. I said, get saved. He said, I can't be saved. When I used to go to Calvary, I made fun of the Holy Ghost. And I, on the phone, I said, will you lion spirit, shut your mouth in Jesus' name. Wow. See, you, you understand you're in a war. Yeah. You got relatives that believe all kind of stupidity and you're, you're trying to talk to them. Talk to the devil. And I told that I talked to the devil on him on the phone. I said, "Now shut up and get up here." And I let him, Lord, got him born again. And then they they got back together and they're doing real good now. Well, that, then the story goes to the brook. Brook was severely retarded, and that's another story. Now 
all, those things, you can't look at me and go, well, I don't believe that. What's it matter? Your Bible talks about interceding with groaning. And, and I could get book after book after book and show you revivals are nothing more than a group of people who get off together and pray in the Holy Ghost until God moves on their family. People get saved like crazy when a church starts praying. Now, this nation is in a mess. And, and with all the love I can, you guys have got to stop just coming to church and hearing me talk and thinking you're fine. It's not okay to stay like this. So I'm a praying person, but, but, but Mary Fran got on to me a few months ago and told me, you better kick it up. And I, I didn't want to. It's work at first. After a while, it becomes a lot. You're just lifestyle. I just love getting off alone praying. But once you realize that the people around you are totally dependent on you, don't come to me and tell me you got friends that aren't saved. I don't want to hear it. Pray them in. And when they get born again, you keep praying them until they get in the word of God and grow up. Amen. And if they're not on fire for God in church, you're not done, so shut up and keep praying. <laughs> Boy, I know I'm being a little strong, but, but folks, this is, this, is how, this is how the church was birthed. Peter was on the housetop praying. Paul would go off and pray. Jesus would pray all night. It's very necessary that we have a prayer life. And your kids, they're going through more hell now. Folks, don't send, if they don't know how to pray, don't send them to college. God knows, dummy. Send them into hell and they don't know how to pray. That's not smart. You've had 20 years to teach them to pray and you ain't taught them nothing. You're not making it. If you don't know how to get in the prayer room, pray through. You're in a war. <laughs> There's somebody trying to kill you and your kids and your family. They're trying to kill you. Hello, thank you. I think y'all are getting this. You're like, well, I, pastor, leave us alone for a while. I mean, I might come back nicer next week, you know, and I'm going to. But are y'all getting this? This is so vitally important. And, and when Brother Hagen had people during Ramah started interceding and teaching people to groan. And it just... you. you you, you, you can't take a truth and then have a group and have everybody in the room. Uh, you can't, don't do that. But if you have someone in there and begin to intercede, don't stop them. And don't, don't freak. Go sit with them and pray in the Holy Ghost and pick up what they're praying about and learn to pray yourself. Come on, are y'all learning anything? So let's, let's pray. I'm, I just, uh, I'm done. I'm, I've been done five minutes and I just need to, Father, I need to go. Oh, my Father. Father, I have, I have uh, done, I've done the best I know. I've done absolutely, I probably said things that I shouldn't have told them be about people, but I can't. I've got to tell them these things. They've, they've got to know this stuff. Father, it's time this church, and not this one only, but churches all over America, but come back to praying. This nation needs this. Our president needs it. Our governor needs it. Our, the men in this church need prayer. 
the, there's families in this church right now. There's people in this room right now. They, they need someone to lift them up in prayer because they certainly aren't doing a very good job. They're learning their babies. And Father, help us to be more responsible and to take it upon ourselves to realize there's more than one person called to this church and not just me and Lisa. And not just me and Lisa and Shirley and Jeannie Bowser and, 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 and Debbie Martin are the ones supposed to be praying for everybody. And, and, and Betty May, there's more. Father, it's time as a church, we all started praying. Sunday morning, pray before the service. Wednesday night, pray before the service. We pray over our family every morning when we wake up. We pray before we go to bed at night. They need it, Father. They so need our prayers. And forgive us for letting it go on. Forgive us. We were wrong. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. We knew and we didn't. So forgive us. Wash us in the blood. And now, Father, we're just going to move on. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Now there's some made of Tushi, now some made of Tushi. Now there's some made of the Gilerson Chedo, this and the Kartika Takese. Redo Dino Nero, no, 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 no. Dero, Dero, no, 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 Dero, 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 Mano, no, 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 no,
Father, I pray over Donald Trump and I pray over the situation in Iran. I pray over the people in Iran and I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you to have mercy on the people in that country. There's many, many people there that have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. And I'm asking you for, for them to get it, whether it's on television or Twitter or YouTube, whatever. But open up a door right now in Jesus' name. I pray, I pray there's not a war. I pray that there's no war. It stopped. And give the people there an opportunity to come to Jesus. Teach them to pray. Teach them to pray. Teach them to pray. Teach them to, teach them, sir, send labors in there. Send one, one way or the other, send labors into Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Turkey, the Middle East, Israel. Send the laborers in there. They're not our enemies. Those are men and women Jesus died for. Many of them are good people. And they need mercy. They need mercy. I pray the mercies of God on them. The mercies of God. I pray over the, this youth, the, the youth of our generation. That we'd have a great awakening among the young people. That you'd raise up pastors and preachers. Young, 21, 22-year-old. I mean, I'm talking about some of these young guys on fire for God to preach and minister to their generation. Father, every one of us got family members that need prayer. I pray that we walk out of here tonight, we would take up a mandate to start praying and not let go until we see, until we see Jesus in their life till we see a turnaround, till we see a change in Jesus' name. If you came here tonight and you're, you want to pray, nobody's going to stop you, but we're officially dismissed, but the ones of you that want to pray, you do, you just follow your heart. No condemnation. I don't want you to feel condemnation. Um, I thank all of y'all for coming, and I thank you for working with me with this church. I, I believe we're going to take a city. I, I, I believe that. But there's no way that Daryl Morgan can do it. I don't, I don't have it. It'll be God when it happens. Amen. God bless all of you. Have a great night. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time